You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. Check, Taco. Come on. Taco's, Taco. Taco's having some fun here. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording Monday, May 17th, and we're here with Tim Shields. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing all right. A little nervous about the plan, but other than that, I'm I'm kosher. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I mean it's been a bumpy ride. I want to get to the plan. But before that, I, I want to talk about the season as a whole. Celtics wrapped up the regular season 36 and 36. Our friend KJ Doyle tweeted the first time they've been 500. Or he, he made it sound a lot worse than it was. He said, This is the first time the Celtics have had a 500 season since 1955. Obviously, that means exactly 500. The Celtics have had worse seasons since then. But um, this is the worst season the Celtics have had in a while. Uh, since I think 2013 14, I think this is their worst record since then. So, I mean, it's not. Not exactly ideal, uh, not exactly what everybody expected, but I'm curious, Tim, what, what were your thoughts overall on this season? Any overarching themes you, you think you know stand out more than others? Obviously injuries, but uh, what's your immediate reaction to just how the season wrapped up and everything? I think on the whole, it was underwhelming, but also following a really, really short layover. I, I can't say that I'm surprised by some of the struggles. I think it's definitely frustrating. Um, consistently underperforming. And I think a lot of that comes down to just being tired, not being on the same page, not being able to practice. Um, there's no G League, so your younger guys that you drafted, the only way they're going to get experience is by playing, and that came through trial and error for some guys, um, specifically Aaron Neesmith. Um, not having everyone healthy and on the same page uh, really, really hurt the Celtics this season, but I don't think that's necessarily – on any individuals. I don't think this is, um, this isn't like a one step cure all. Like it wasn't like, like, Oh, Kyrie Irving is poisoning the locker room. Like, you, you know, it's not like you can be like, Oh, this is the one thing that's wrong with the Celtics. Um, there's a lot of things they're going to have to fix and choices that they made, um, along the way. I think some of the veteran signings didn't pay off as best as they could have. Um, I think Tristan Thompson has been pretty good. Obviously Jeff Teague is not here anymore, which means that he was a bad signing. Um, I think that's a given, but there are some moves they can make to add in the off season. And I think that's just something you, you kind of have to put a lot of this on Danny Ainge. He's not the only reason why, but I think roster construction um, didn't help alleviate a lot of the problems that were caused by the shortened season. Yeah, I think, listen, there's just too much inconsistency amongst the team, whether it's how hard they try, who's playing for them. It's not an excuse at all, in my my opinion. I mean, this team is deep enough up top to where if you're missing a guy that's one of your best, it shouldn't kill you like it did. They should be able to play through it. Tatum and Brown were certainly good enough to deal without Kemba early on. They were top of the East, eight and three, and then things went downhill. Um, it's it's frustrating all the people that think Brad Stevens is the problem because he's certainly not, especially if you watched yesterday's game he's definitely not because he had a bunch of guys that besides from Pritchard and uh who else Cornette kind of gets minutes a lot of those guys didn't get time like those aren't regular rotation guys even Neesmith before recently was not a rotation he didn't even start so 
he he almost beat the Knicks, who I still won't concede that they're a good team, but like beating the Knicks isn't something you would celebrate if you were healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's not like beating like Brooklyn. Or, it's like a good win, though. It's not like it's a bad win. It's it's a good. It's win not a, There's no bad wins, but it's not a win that's I, like yeah. Okay. Oh wow, look how good the Celtics are now. Like oh wow, like you know maybe this team's for real. Like it's not that. It's it going in if you're healthy. I expect you to beat the Knicks. I mean yeah, but I mean that yeah. being said, it's it's pretty good that they almost did without anybody playing for him yesterday. Good for Fair. Jabari Parker to have a good game. Mm-hmm. Good for. Um, Tremont Waters, Waters played like the guy that me and Jack thought that he always was. <laughs> we are yeah. always the biggest Tremont our, Waters guys, and we pipe tree. we're not crazy, man. He's got something in there. It's just, you know, he doesn't have it all the time. No, and I don't think you can expect Tremont Waters to be consistent. I think that's a tall ask. I think he could play in the NBA. I think he would do much better on a team like the Orlando Magic or the Oklahoma City Thunder where he can actually get playing time because you see when he gets playing time, he has flashes like we've seen these past two games. But in spurts, I think he needs to get into a rhythm, especially shooting the ball. So I don't think it's fair to him to throw him in for like five minutes since and expect him to light it up. Well, I don't think he's that kind of player, right? Like, I think it. He's not a spark plug. He's more of a like a, a facilitator type. Yeah, yeah. Small he's not Rondo, if you will, except he can shoot, <laughs> kind of. Well, he talked about he talked about professionalism a lot. This is the first time I've really seen him in an interview, and because we he generally doesn't play all that much, and even when he does, he's never the one who gets interviewed. And there was only two interviews following um, the season finale, and he was one of them. But he talked about professionalism and being ready when the time comes and when your name is called. So, I mean, kudos to him for being ready for those minutes and making the most of them. But I just wonder if there's more there that could, you know, be taken out if he gets those opportunities. Oh, like you mentioned before, too, the G League wasn't a thing. So it makes it hard for him, someone that was G League Rookie of the Year last year, I believe, Yeah. Mm -hmm. to stay consistently ready. Like you said, it's hard to stay ready. And it's important to do so, but I mean, this year you're not playing. I mean, you're not you're not having times where you're consistently playing. There's no G League for you to be the main guy. You have to fit into a different role. It's weird, and I. It's also, I mean, Grant didn't spend a whole lot of time in the G League last year, if I don't, if I remember correct. No, I don't know if he ever played in the G League last year. I but think it's he was it's on the interesting the whole time. Yeah, it's interesting to really think about how much of an impact that actually might have made. Because the Celtics as a team rely on their young guys a lot. And it's not yeah. something we talked about until now. And I'm I'm really intrigued by it because like these are guys like Romeo Langford, Neesmith would have benefited, like we already said. Like they really could have had better seasons if they got more repetitions in the G League. I mean, they all played pretty well yesterday in the roles the increased roles they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think I don't know if you were on this pregame show, Sam. Um, but I, I know I've told Tim about this before Gary Washburn was on Celtics beat recently he had a good take um he was like 30 percent of the Celtics roster is from the 2019-2020 draft class 30 percent and only one of those guys really gets regular playing time and that's Grant Williams and he's even like on the border like you think about it 30 percent of the roster is Grant Williams Romeo Langford Carson Edwards Taco Paul and Trevor Waters how many of them got regular minutes this year realistically yeah, none, none of except them except for them. sometimes Grant yeah it's like it's frustrating to see those draft misses and it's tough to call them misses, but like we were talking earlier and Tim and I were talking on the pregame show before yesterday, they passed on, you know, 
Brandon Clark and Keldon Johnson for Grant Williams. They passed on certain players for certain players. They didn't consolidate assets. It, that's what annoys me more. You taking five rookies from that class instead of getting a couple veterans, I think, frustrates me. But the, It the, is the, frustrating, but I don't think – there's a very select handful of guys that if you draft them and you put them on the Celtics, they're going to play better than Grant did, let's say, last year because he was impactful. This year, you could – argue that he sucked or whatever he had flashes where he was decent but i mean guys are going to come in and not have any kind of role and it's going to be hard for them to play well like we were all on neesmith um about you know he was we were worried oh he should have picked sadiq bay oh i still back that (laughs) i don't know man sadiq bay does he play like a crackhead on the floor i don't think so all right (laughs) anyways tim what were you gonna say no i i think it comes down to the consolidation i think that's like the really big and i've been for making a consolidation trade for years long before it was a matter of we have all of these draft picks like what are the celtics going to do with them like they've kind of bundled these all together like they could move up they could package it for players that they know are going to make an impact like there's so many other opportunities for them to try and improve that involve them not using these draft picks. So it's really just going to water down to, can they make it happen? Can they find mm-hmm. a deal that works for them? And my big question is, is was Danny Ainge trying hard enough? Did he kind of foo-foo on a couple trades saying, uh, no, that guy's not going to make as much impact. We'd rather draft these players. And mm-hmm. when it comes to Grant Williams and other specific draft players that I will not name because there are a lot of misses, Mm-hmm. My question is, were they trying to take a risk, roll the dice and say, hey, the, the ceiling and the potential on this guy is huge, as opposed to going for guys who are, have a higher floor come in and will provide more at a base level, like at the very bare minimum, this is what this guy's going to do. He's going to come in and give you 15 to 20 minutes of solid defense off the bench. He can shoot the three and like that's what they really need. They need guys yeah. who are going to raise the floor. You're talking about – Ed Edwards over Tybal is that what you're referencing? I mean, that's a perfect. Example I, I agree. If you're, I think. I mean, they you're right Tybal. though. They they like coming Tybal in. Too. Edwards was the guy, and he played well until game yeah. started to count. Yep. And he didn't play well anymore. I think my real concern, Sam, you you fired back. Not that you're like trying to argue, but you fired back with like the Grant Williams take. You're like, oh, I, I don't think there are many guys. You know, and I, this isn't me coming at you. I'm just make, about to make a point. Like, you, oh, there aren't many guys. I mean, there that probably are. Impact. No, no, no. I, I agree with you in that take. I don't think there are too too many guys that could have played the role as well as Grant Williams. But my problem's less with Grant Williams and more with the signing Taco Tremont and Carson Edwards, especially Edwards to a long year. Obviously hindsight's 2020, but there were definitely veterans on the market you could have signed with either a mid-level exception or even a minimum contract that it could have come in and play a better role. And past that, they could have played a better role in the locker room. You look at teams like, obviously Udonis Haslam's an outlier because he's just like the the 40-year-old, like do whatever you need, get ejected in two minutes, man. Like, you don't find that every day. But even these veterans that are just, like, deep on the rosters of teams, like, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. Like, Al Horford and OKC, obviously you're not going to pay him $30 million to be a veteran. But (laughs) but that's a veteran in a locker room. You, You look across the board. And these younger teams have players like James Johnson is on the Mavericks with Luca leading the team. He's now on the Pelicans leading the squad. You got JJ Redick on the Mavericks who they got for free. I'm not saying he'll play well. You got Trevor Ariza with the Miami Heat. Like you have guys that sign for this minimum. 
Jeff Green, perfect. Bruce Brown signed for nothing. He's not even that old. I wanted Bruce Brown. He's from Boston. Yeah, it's I just like Bruce Brown. <clears throat> picking the guys. Like I, I think that's where the front office is dropping the ball more so than you know making these picks for potential. It's making the picks over signing someone that could really help that is a veteran in the locker room. But uh, I don't know. What, what do you? I, I think you're right. My my point with the Grant thing is I feel like if you draft a guy, uh, let's see oh, who is the guy. Uh, what he plays on Memphis. Desmond Bain. Uh, no, 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 not Desmond Bain. It was it Brandon was in Clark. Grant. That Clark. guy. Yeah. Maybe like he, he's playing well for Memphis, but that's because he got a lot of opportunity to play. Do you know what I'm saying? Suppose, like yeah. he like Carson Edwards. Like if the Celtics didn't pick Carson Edwards, say they did pick Tybal, which still probably is the right move, right? He goes to a bad team and he's balling out because he has no leash. He's got the green light. He doesn't have a small role to play. It's it's hard for rookies to come in. And I, this is to your point, Jack, and play mm-hmm. well for the Celtics because they have such a small margin of error. Like that is more of a role, to your point again, for a veteran. Yeah. And, you know, and you're asking a, a lot of these guys, even though it doesn't seem like it. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think you, you know what you're getting with a veteran, right? Like you're getting a track record. You know what they're good for. They've been in the league for X amount of years. They know what to expect in their role. You know, you're giving them X amount of minutes. Like at this point, you're getting acclimated with the system, learning to play with each other. But you're not like learning how to play basketball at a professional level when you're getting these veterans. And to your point, Sam, when talking about how players develop, this is something that I've always said about specific guys, especially when you look at guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, where people like to go back with the revisionist history on that draft and say, yep. yeah. oh, all these teams missed on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Nobody knew that Giannis was going to become Giannis. And Giannis was very much a product of his environment. And a lot of players are. You you can't assume that taking one player and inserting them into a completely different situation on another team is going to lead to the same kind of development. Sometimes guys have to be in a certain environment in a certain role to thrive. And who knows if that would have been the same thing if you swapped out Edwards for Thibel or even, you know, if you managed to hold on Desmond Bain, I assume that he would still do the same things he does here because that's what he was advertised that's a similar to be. role. And that's yeah. a similar role and he would have the similar role here. But, you know, that's a pick that hurts because he gave up you had to move Canner because of that. And that was like the one instance of like, yeah, they should keep that pick. They should draft that guy. So yeah. do you, do you question player development at this point with the Celtics? Is that on Danny Ainge and being able to um, analyze potential player like profiles? And is that come down to player evaluation issues? Like, do they need to bring in a former player to help with that process to kind of get a read on that? I think they need something to shake up in either the front in both the front office and the coaching staff a little bit. And I'm not talking Brad Stevens or Danny Ainge, but they've had the same band together for so long. And like the drafts have been okay. Like I, I'm talking past drafts have been Brown. Good recently. I'm talking kind past Tatum Brown. <clears throat> I mean, this past year it was fine, but I'm talking like 2019, 2020 was a miss. Like that, that was the only one wholeheartedly. Okay, Robert Williams was a fine pick too. I mean, Pritchard yeah, and Smith Brown, look good. Williams, Terry Rozier. Okay, did yeah, he, he did an all right job. It it just it just kind of baffles me that 
the one draft where he chose to sign five players rather than two or three max is the one draft that he missed on every single one, which is frustrating. But I don't know. And the Matisse Tybal thing bothers me too. He's on my all defense first team this season. So like he's he's been lights out for the Sixers. The Desmond Bain thing hurts. He's shooting forty something percent from three for the Grizzlies on like high volume. Obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but those are the things that I think get frustrating after a while. I do want to see big shakeups in the offseason. And I know Danny Inch has talked about that, but I'm curious before we get into the play in game, which I do want to talk about somewhat uh, in, in a couple of minutes here. I, I want not like wholehearted predictions. I can pull up Spotrack and tell you guys some of the free agents, but what are the positional needs or some people like, who do you want off the roster and who do you want off the, uh, on the roster this offseason? Like, what are your initial thoughts when I say that? You or me, Tim? I'll let you go because I'm actually going to pull up spot rack free agents on okay. my end. All right. I have the dual screens going. <laughs> One thing I think they need going forward, and I don't know if it's going to be the kind of guy that's going to play every night, okay? But they need somebody that can hold his own against Embiid because that's something they don't have. And we'll get to this later in the show, but it's like why I'm not super over the top about like they need to draw the Sixers because they're not going to win either way, I don't think. And I, I don't think – I mean, if you just watch the games from this year, they didn't play well because they couldn't handle them. But they need to find somebody to fill that hole. And can, funny enough, Cantor could do that, even though he's known for being bad at defense, but he, he could hold his own against Embiid. Um, I, I don't know about that one. He No, 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 no. No, he was all right. He Listen, it wasn't like mm. – it wasn't the same as this year where he's and B can get whatever he wants. I'm not saying he was elite or anything, but he's better than what they have. Okay. I mean, so I can tell thing. you, I, I can tell you some centers uh, in the free agent class. If you're interested, um, Cantor is there. Uh, he'll be a free agent. Cody Zeller, Serge yeah. Ibaka, Robin Lopez, Nerlens Noel. But we're talking big money for Nerlens Noel. That that's a guy I would really like, but I don't think the Celtics could afford that realistically. He's a Massachusetts Boston guy. So. And he's he's on my old defense second team, so he's 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 a big big boy down there. Uh, but I think uh, who did you say before him? Uh, Ibaka, he's probably not cheap either. He'd be nice. Robin Lopez is a real prick to play against in the playoffs. I'll never forget that. Um, <laughs> I like him. He's not really like good per se. Ah, uh, he's all right. I don't know. He's playing really well off the bench. Is he playing well? He's re- right he's now. revived himself since Milwaukee. Well, he's averaging he's averaging ten points, three and a half rebounds. But he just popped off yesterday. I think he he and Ishmith combined for like forty points against the Hornets. Ishmith, so they play him, isn't that... <laughs> Anyways, continue, Robin Lopez is an interesting one to answer. And if by some miracle, my man Al Horford becomes available from a buyout. Potentially, that is your guy. You give him as much money as you can. You say you're sorry that he had to play with Kyrie Irving. You apologize. (laughs) Uh, You give him all the chocolate milk he would like. Whatever he wants. Uh, So that that's one thing. I think center. Not the the problem with center though is because you you do have Robert Williams who is good, and you have Tristan Thompson who sucks sometimes but doesn't suck other times. And Cornette actually plays really well when he gets extended minutes. Like, he played well in the last two games. You're muted. Still muted. <laughs> You're muted on Skype. <laughs> I'm brutal. Brutal scenes. Um, he, he held his own against Cat, I think, pretty well. And he played okay. 
versus the Knicks. I mean, he every time he plays, he gets like three or four blocks. So I, I think he'd get bullied by Embiid by a lot. But I think if you throw those three guys center by committee at Embiid, I think Robert Williams will learn. I think Tristan Thompson had a rough go of it this season. But I also think that when he came back around then, I if maybe I'm getting a timeline mixed up, but I feel like he was just either recovering from some stupid injury at the start of camp or he was coming back from COVID. So I don't think he was fully in it. And I think Luke Cornette could hold his own. So I think you could throw something there and figure it out. But I don't know. Hear me out. Um, there's still part of the TPE available for right. use. Okay. How much? You, 11. Um, yeah, about, 11. Right. about 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So could you work out a sign-in trade for a center? And could you work out a sign trade for a guy who could start at center or a guy who is a really, really, really good backup? Is that something that you think is in the cards or do you think it's something that they use on another player? I personally, for me, I think they're better off using that TPE to do a sign and trade for somebody in the off season um, and move some of the bodies that they've got already got in house. And that might, that might involve moving Marcus Smart. I don't necessarily want to. Sam's but pissed. I don't, I, I don't it's, know if they it's want to. It's between him that. or Kemba. I don't think they it, want to it's either. Not, it's but, not me. Yeah. Is, and he, he wouldn't say if he did want to, but he did say like he wants to keep the top five together or, you know, the, the main group. He said together. the core. He yeah. did not say how many. Well, Marcus is part of that because they asked him about Marcus specifically and he yeah. gave his answer. So I mean, he I, wants I'm not to. sure that's what he wants to do. Uh, personally, I think Marcus is very important to the team. He's probably my favorite player. Um, I understand he has many flaws. He hasn't had the best season. Yeah, he said uh, this is the best. This is like the worst season he's had in a while, I think. Yeah, but he still brings a lot to you. And I, I will still argue when he plays the correct role on this year's team, he's played well. It's just mm-hmm. he's had to step up and try and shoot threes and things like that. Um. So, so I don't know if I want to, but the problem is you have to, you have to, have to, have to, have to resign Fournier. And then the question yes. is, like, where do you get the money from? And so I have, I have a couple ideas. So I'm looking at, like you said, Tim, that TPE um, guys I see around that range are Larry Nance is right around there. I Dwight Powell, that. Dwight mm-hmm. Powell's right there. Mason Plumley's right there. I don't mind Plumley Celtic Dwight Powell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Very true. And then an, an interesting one, I think you don't have to make a trade here, and I think the trade would have to include Smart. But if hear me out. If the Warriors are trying to compete with their currently constructed team, do you think they would move James Wiseman no. for Marcus Smart? No. I, why not? If Why you want not? to run, if you want to run, I'm talking. The Warriors are very much win now. I mean, the way Steph Curry has played, they have a three-year window to win another championship with Steph Curry. If they roll out a starting lineup of Steph Curry, Marcus Smart, Draymond Green, and insert center here, which worked for them in the past, they were already a top ten defense this season. You add Marcus Smart to that, they're a lead on defense. They have Steph and Clay for offense. That makes them an immediate contender. You don't need James Wiseman realistically if you want to compete in that window, and then you just go into rebuild afterwards. I don't yeah, think that's but- far out of the realm of possibility. It's funny you mentioned that. Like, I was thinking, I was like, well, and then you mentioned Draymond. I was like, they already have Marcus. Like, they have their own version of him. But they imagine don't, if they don't had need two. two of those guys. Why if not? I'm the Celtics, I don't want Draymond Green with Marcus Smart. Well, Draymond's a little different. He's more of a facilitator because they tend to be a handicap offensively. 
I mean, if Marcus can get Marcus had a slightly down year shooting threes this year, but if he can get back to 36%, like you don't need more shooting realistically on that team. You have Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, literally the two best shooters in the history of the game of basketball. Steph Curry's averaging, I think, 30 like 32 points a game and like seven assists this season. You throw Clay Thompson to give you another 25. Draymond Green's going to average close to like 8-8-8 eight, eight, and eight at the very least. Marcus Smart will give you 13 points. Kevon Looney's fine if you insert him at center. You don't need an elite center. James Wiseman's going to have a learning curve anyways. I'm just saying I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility for the Celtics to work a deal out. Marcus Smart for James Wiseman. I just wonder what the motivation is from Golden State standpoint. And like maybe it's like he's kind they of wrong. Win. I think, well, I, think, I think, well, I think it's the motivation for everyone to make a trade. But <laughs> from from a Celtics perspective, that kind of signals the white flag on Rob Williams, unless you're going to say that he is our elite backup and this is what he's going to do for our team. He's going to come in and get 20 to 25 minutes off of our bench and I be a really big man. I'm concerned about Rob's injuries because it's not. I'm with you a little stopping. bit on that. I think he needs like somebody too. to be able to step too. in when he's out because he's out a lot. Yeah, yeah. seen it hurt them. Granted, yeah. Wiseman is hurt right now too, <laughs> but but still, I don't also know. Why I I'm think, nervous. <laughs> yeah, the up the upside there, I would argue, is much higher than Robert Williams, which is I like Robert Williams, but I think James Wiseman has a higher upside. He can shoot better. He he can extend his range out there. He's better in the pick and roll. Maybe not as an elite defender, but. I don't know. I, I'd consider, especially because you have to pay Fournier and you don't know so, how much Smart's going to ask for. But yeah. What about, I mean, I mentioned it before in a chat and I don't know what his number would be, but what about sign and traded for Rashawn Holmes? I would like, he's I a free agent. Though. Another person. He's a free yeah, agent. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. You can sign, okay, and sign and trade. Yeah. So, I mean, he's 27 years old. I'm I'd not love sure it. His birthday is He was a real prick. Was it at the Garden when he was a real pro? Yes, it was. The he last hit, time he they played. a game winner? Yeah. He, <laughs> he, like he, he shot a three and it banked in. I was yeah. pissed. He's turning yeah, 28 in October. Okay, so he's at the point in his career. He's a veteran. He's a guy who stretches the floor. Clearly capable of shooting threes. He, he plays good threes. Defense. I mean, we literally just talked about how he hit a buzzer. Oh, like, no, it was lucky. That wasn't a buzzer. Be- well, it was like a shot clock buzzer beater. It, it was not he like a... shot threes before. I, I he, remember playing took, the stats before. He's not. He took point two a game, and he shoots eighteen <laughs> percent. I don't. Well, know. Is that for this season or a couple seasons ago? Because I remember one. I think it was one of the seasons he was with That's Philly. I think he year. shot. I think he shot a little bit more in a different he didn't take threes last year. year. I'll look at his threes with Philly, but continue your continue your point. But I think this is a guy who helps you more than he would hurt you in terms of bigs. In my opinion, I don't think this is crazy to say, but I think he'd provide more than Tristan Thompson does. And he's a guy that could start for you if you need him to. And maybe that's something that you potentially do if you move on from Rob Williams. In my mind, if you're trying to cover yourself for Rob Williams uh, in terms of if he's going to get injured again, if there are other health concerns, if you feel like you need to move on from him, from a front office standpoint, uh, that could be something that ends up happening. Don't get me wrong. I love Rob Williams, and I would love to keep him here. I am worried about his health long-term in the same ways that I worry about Kemba Walker's health long-term. So yeah. it's something you have to consider, and especially when you think about, oh, this Celtics season, you know, it's been tough because of the pandemic, of course, and like a bunch of games missed due to COVID, but how many games were missed due to injury? You know, how many games were missed because a guy can't play a back-to-back or a guy's recovering from 
one injury and it makes it seem like it's going to be minor. And then he's out for two and a half weeks. You know, it's, it makes my, it really my difficult. answer to that is another position they need to upgrade the training staff. They get a bunch of monkeys <laughs> running around trying to like bandage people. I don't know whatever the training staff does. I'm not one. I'm not going to be the training staff, so it's I don't need to know. Doctors. They got plague doctors. All, all I know is that the guys aren't playing enough games. That That's what I know. And they're hurt too much. Yeah, it, it's ugly. By the way, Rich on Holmes in 1617, he shot. 35.1% on 77 attempts on the season. So he's shown the ability to shoot threes. He just hasn't done it in recent years because that hasn't been his role. But, uh, he, I mean, he shot 63% from the field this season, averaged 14 points a night uh, for the Kings. I think he'd be a good fit for the Celtics. Obviously, you would like a stretch big. I mean, I wouldn't be too opposed to bringing Kelly Olenek back realistically to play the four. That's but, not a bad one. Um, I, Give I really me like Kelly. That. Yes. He was one of the guys that saw playing really well. And he could play. He plays realistically. He's a stretch five and he knows the system. He knows Boston. It would be interesting to bring him back. I don't know what his number would be, but that's. What did he wear? What did he wear? <laughs> Tim's talking about money, though. I'm talking about money. You... Oh, oh, I genuinely thought number as well, though. <laughs> I jumped to number at first, but then I realized it. But I, I, play I, I couldn't give a rat's ass what his jersey number is. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I I, I don't want him to come back if he doesn't wear the same number. It's weird. I mean, I don't like that. He did come back for that, but I mean, all jokes aside, I think Kelly Olynyk would be a very good fit here. I think he brings good hustle. He's still not like superb defensively, but better than most, and he provides range shooting and ball handling. He's a pretty damn good ball handler for a big guy. I mean, listen to these stats. Post All Star break, Kelly Olynyk is averaging 17 points. Uh, eight rebounds, almost four assists, one and a half steals, 0.7 blocks on 51, 36, 85 shooting splits. So that sounds pretty perfect for what the Celtics are looking at. I don't know what his contract situation is like. I'm going to go look at that right now. Um, free agent. agent. Is, is he a free agent? Yeah. Yep. Yes, I sir. mean, how much do we think he'll be asking for? I think he could get anywhere from eight to 10 million realistically. I mean, but... he's got- Celtics have a mid-level exception, right? Like they get one. Mm. Do they get a mid-level? I think they, they use do. it on Tristan. I think they, they use, use it on Tristan. Tristan. They need to get rid of him, man. Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I'm serious. Like he's no, taking I... up a lot of money, and he's not giving them nine anything. mil. Was a bit much. I think nine mil was a bit much, realistically. But yeah, I don't know. I think I that's think how they got him, though. I think that's how they got him, and I think they expected him to give you more than Canner did. And I think that's the only reason why you felt Canner. Um, was expendable, and I think that's yeah. the reason why I dumped him. And that's also that's another situation where, like, on paper, everyone was for it. I like Tristan Thompson. Oh, I, 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 I was for him. I was hoping he was going to get bought out like a year ago. Like they were talking about that being a potential outcome, and it never came to fruition. But now that I'm looking back on it, and with everything that's happened in hindsight. That was a really big blunder by Danny Ainge because you lost Desmond Bain in that trade. You dumped Dennis Canner, who's having a, a, like a career season with Portland because he just Great. fits that system so well. And then you lost that flexibility because you gave up the MLE money in order to get Thompson. And you signed him for the most. You, fought, you signed him for the full MLE. Uh, I don't, I don't love uh, – like Cantor, Cantor was not that valuable here. Like he no. wasn't – he wasn't no. getting paid. Like, that's not a valuable asset they lost. He's just playing well now. Yeah. It's that's not on Danny. However, Desmond Bain would have been nice to have. I agree yeah. with that. But Cantor, I mean, 
I I'd probably still rather have Thompson than I don't know because earlier I said I think Cantor could play better against Embiid. Listen, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think either of them matter. They're not going to break. They're, they're not going to break you. But I think if that's the mindset of like either one is just kind of like okay, it's a body, like it's a body at the big man position that we can go out, put them out there, and we're not going to like completely collapse. If that's the mentality, then why did they move on from him? You know, and like don't get me wrong, I wanted Canner gone too, but not at the cost of Desmond Bain. Like not yeah, at, in hindsight, yeah, man, that hurts. I also think at times, realistically speaking, I've liked Luke Cornett on the floor over Tristan Thompson, which I never thought I'd say in a million years. But Luke Cornett missed a couple of big shots yesterday, by the way. Yeah, he he, he missed a couple of threes. But wow. hey, you tell me, you t- tell me, Tristan Thompson would have made those threes? Absolutely <laughs> not. He would have gotten an offensive rebound, had no interest in passing out, and thrown it off the backboard. <laughs> Bingo! But uh, yeah, Cornette we can talk well more about the uh, and uh, Saturday yeah. on the weekend. Great weekend. We can discuss more hypotheticals as the playoffs go on uh, if and when the Celtics uh, get eliminated. But I want to talk about the play-in. Celtics versus Wizards. I think this is the team. I know I wanted to play them the least out of anybody else. I I assume you guys are around the same mindset. But I want to read you uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Russell Westbrook stats over the last 10 games. This is not like a two-game span. Over the last 10 games, this is what he is averaging. Uh, 25.2 points. Uh, 13.6 rebounds, 15.6 assists, 1.6 steals on 45, 33, 79 splits. I don't know how the Celtics stop that. I don't know who they put on him because if it's Kemba, that's not going to work. Hopefully Marcus is back because that's the solution. But past that, Marcus goes to the bench, Westbrook's on the floor. They're done. They're screwed. Like, And you still have to have somebody guard Beal, which I assume will be Tatum. But that's asking a lot of him on both ends of the floor, right? Tim? Yes, and here, <laughs> look, I know that this is controversial. I know that some people are like, this is risky. Just rest your guys for Tuesday. Rest your guys for Tuesday. Ooh. Take the loss. Take the loss and be ready to play full pedal to the metal on Thursday against either Indy or Charlotte. You know, Charlotte, they've beaten Charlotte before. Twice. Twice. And like, granted, they haven't had Lamelo. They've also defense. had they've also gotten caved in by Charlotte before too. And they're also gonna still be a tough team. Also without LaMelo, but also they don't have Hayward back either. So like that's gonna affect Hayward didn't play in the game they got slapped around either. However, that game was <laughs> in Charlotte. Yeah. So, so it's gonna be, be either garden. way, it'll be at the garden. So this is the way that I'm looking at it. I don't think you're gonna beat Russ if he's going God mode. The best thing you could do is make sure that your guys are ready for that second game. And like, look, it if if the Wizards are on a warpath and that warpath is going to lead to them going to the face-off against the Nets, then That's you so get exciting. out of the way. I'm you so get excited out for that series if it happens. God. I just, like, I don't understand. Like, you're going to go ahead and you're, look, you're going to end up having to play an extra game. And that second game is going to mean a lot. But I just don't like the idea of going straight into the bus saw this, Brooklyn. You actually have a chance against Philly. Brooklyn, not so much. Sam. See, I don't like I kind of agree with you, Tim, where I, I, I think Philly. I mean, I don't think either one of them are a good matchup solely because of Embiid, the way he's killed them this year, because they don't have anybody to guard him. Um, as far as the play in goes, like 
It's just like a triple lose situation. You either win and you play Brooklyn, you lose and you play Philly and then lose them and have to listen to their people or lose to Kyrie, that prick. Or you lose out and you miss the playoffs, but you get in the lottery and you could get a good pick. But do you really need more young people on this team? That's the problem. You could trade the pick. You could trade the pick. And it becomes a trade chip. I yeah. I think the plan would, would be better if you say say you're seven or eight, right? Like you in this first game and you win. You should be able to pick who you want. If you, no, seriously, because like what Tim is saying, right? If they want to get the more favorable matchup, they have to lose. And you yeah. should never go out there, especially in a game like this, and try and lose. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand agree with your point, but I disagree. Like, it's just not that's not what you that's not what you do in a situation like you it's can't not good for mentality. Yeah. And that's the thing I, that makes me hesitate with it. I, I understand the concept, Sam. And I think it's fair in this scenario, but usually like more times than not, the one seed's the better team. So I, I mean, like realistically, the NBA would never like let that happen. But it, it's not a realistic. It, it, thing, they I would think. just pick. Okay, if you know if the one seed's a better team, then you just pick the two seed. Yeah, but then you're giving the it, I guess slight advantage to the seven or eight seed. Where if you're that low, you don't really deserve an advantage at that point. You should be better than the seven or eight seed. Like if you, you don't if deserve you want an advantage, matchup, be but better. at the same time, like I. I would argue the ten and nine seed don't deserve the chance to get in. Okay, I don't hate to play it, and I'm not bitching about it. I'm just saying the situation the Celtics are in is not good, and it's their fault, not the league. Yes, but I think the way we're talking about it, I think the if you if you're going to have this scenario where you have to win to get in the playoffs here, you should be able to pick who you want to play. If you win this first game, like there should be more of a benefit than just having to lose twice because I guess they have to lose once if they want to get to where they want to go. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, realistically, I I know the Nets are a powerhouse, but you don't know if they'll have James Harden. James Harden is still struggling with an injury. They have Kyrie and KD. They still they they didn't all three starters play. Yesterday. Oh, did they play last night? Oh, I never mind. They played me. That's I know they yes. played against Chicago. I never mind. I mean, me. that's terrible. I mean, like, I don't think there's any winning scenario here, but I think no. the the history with Philly, I think that is key, and I also want to see what Rob does in another game against Philly. Now that he's getting those minutes, I want to see how he's able to play against Embiid, how they try and contain him. I just don't. I don't like the idea of trying to go through a team like Brooklyn right now. Like, I just don't. And I also, like, I really don't know how good the chances are against the Wizards just because how good Russ has been lately. Like, he's Beal's on hurt. a serious war. Yeah, is. but Beal is still probably going to play tomorrow. Yeah. Beal's you know, play. or Tuesday. Beal's, Beal um, played yesterday. when this episode drops. Yeah, no, exactly. but he's hurt. He's playing hurt, Sam. Is the still playing. He's still there. He's still going to play. <laughs> still Bradley Beal. <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's just, I don't know. He, he came out and said, I'm not 100%. He, he's not Gordon Hayward when he came back in the conference finals. <laughs> like, he's not that. Damn. It's true. It's true. I mean, LeBron's uh, playing brutal, hurt. But... I mean, yeah, that's the biggest Le- story on the LeBron's... planet. Those clowns are in the playing, too. Screw them and their fans. Clowns. <laughs> that's hilarious. I hope they lose to Steph. If they, if they lose out, I am going to have an, I, the, the small chance that they do, I'm going to have a field day. <laughs> I've already thought of like three things I'm going to tweet. I will say they, they're probably better off losing their first game and going for the second game, too. I'd rather play the Jazz and the Suns. No offense to the Suns. I mean, the Jazz, but I'd rather play I'd rather play Utah than Phoenix. I don't know, Mitchell playing again? 
I don't know. I'm oh, not he's sure, not. But... I'm, I'm with you. But that's another look, look, Jack. We're just talking about this. Both sides were saying you're better off losing and playing the one seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should yeah. be able to pick. Because it comes and down to matchup too, though, right? If you, like if that's the going, big thing. If you're going to have this where the team has to win, I don't know. It, it's it's like yeah. There should be some some benefit to being in this madness. Yeah, I don't think I teams should get rewarded for being bad. I'm with you on that, and I think, like you say, if they really needed the matchup, they should have played better. But at the same time, you're letting these teams that aren't good, ten and nine, get in. Yeah, and they should I guess. be. In. I suppose, but um, yeah. Anyway, so Beal Westbrook, obviously the big issues. They got Ruby Hachimura as well, who playing well over the last ten games, averaging around sixteen points. Davis uh, Bertans, Raul Nato, averaging around twelve. Lopez around eleven, and past that, they have some. They're going to play both of them. Oh, they're going to play Lopez and Ishmith. Jeez, yeah, man. I told you. I just told you they combined. I know like you did. I just, it didn't hit me. I forgot. Yeah. Like, like I forgot he was still on the team for some reason when we were talking and, about it. And Davis Bertans. Uh, but, uh, yeah. This is so, what I'm saying. Yeah. You just, you just take the loss because it feels like there's a really good chance. Like, the Wizards are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Yes. And Russell Westbrook's one of the best players in the league right now in terms of his recent streak. Like, I just don't want to have to try and beat that buzzsaw just to be met by another buzzsaw immediately after. Like, that's going to be... It would be a fitting end for the Celtics to, like, win a game against the Wizards and then just get absolutely throttled by the Nets. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a chance for them to beat either Charlotte or Indy. I imagine that Charlotte's going to come out of that and win that series or win that game. But... Look, I just don't I, think you can lose on purpose. I, I don't. No, I. Yeah. I don't think you can. I don't like, think I genuinely will. do not think like you can do that. Did you they try press... and lose on purpose yesterday against the Knicks? Like, did they try and count for anything? That game didn't matter though. Well, this it affects your season. Knicks. Yeah, it well, could be. And, and you're be. you're gonna sit people. You can't you can't do that. I don't think they cared about the Knicks though. Like, I agree the, with what you're saying. Like, I think I think Philly is the better team to play. But in this situation, you can't. If you want to actually play playoff basketball, which, I mean, I really don't care if they do or not. They're not going to go anywhere regardless because, I mean, they don't have Jalen Brown. That's a huge part of their team. Yeah. However, the counter to that is Fournier plays pretty well offensively and can fill that hole pretty well. But, I mean, I I think their best case, realistically, despite what you want to see, is them missing it altogether. I don't know. So let's assume they try to play tomorrow i want to ask you what we know the matchup now we've been asking about playoff rotations all year against the wizards what do you want to see the playoff rotation look like are we talking seven guys are we talking eight guys or i hope we're not talking 10 guys i hope that's what not what brad Stephen plans to do but what you know however many you want to go seven to nine guys are you playing tomorrow against the wizards because i don't i also see don't some, think robert williams will play before we start this i, I don't maybe think he's i think that's 50 50 i also I don't want to see any experimentation. If Carson Edwards touches the floor, I'm mad. So I, I want to know what your Tim. We'll start with you. What, what's your playoff rotation tomorrow? Who do you play? Tim wants them to the roll Wizards? out Edwards, Waters, <laughs> Taco. Start, starting line. They're trying to win. They're, they're trying um, to win, Tim. So give okay, me the starting five, and then they're the actually trying to win. And I'm gonna go with Sam on this. I don't think Rob Williams is gonna play tomorrow. He's not playing. Tell you right I now. think I think it's a I think it's also a protection of 
okay, keeping him healthy for if the potential is to win and move on and face the Nets, you're going to need him to even put up any kind of fight. Uh, or if they end up losing, you're going to want him against Charlotte. So they'll rest Rob Williams this game, in my opinion. Uh, I think you're going to end up starting Tristan. Cornette's going to be your first big off the bench with Grant Williams providing some small ball minutes. Um, I think you're going to end up having, obviously, Fournier as your starter, Kemba Walker out there. Uh, I would imagine Marcus Smart's going to be out there starting, as well as Jason Tatum. Off the bench, you'll have Neesmith, you'll have Pritchard. And I think that's what you're looking at. So that's a nine-man rotation, right? Yeah, sounds good. I think that's probably that's about as big as it gets without it getting like we're going to give Shemi Ojale minutes. Like you might see some Romeo Langford mixed in there, but I guess it depends on how much Brad's going to tighten it up. And also it seemed like Romeo Langford uh, said something not so nice to Brad. Yeah, Uh, he's he's gone. If if I'm Danny. Wait, whoa, whoa, I didn't hear this. I sent it to our chat. He he, like you could see like he tells him to shut the fuck up like he Brad was bitching at him at the end of the game. Because he said, uh, it's like, I thought you said foul. And it was after Romeo. Oh, yeah, he messed that up. He messed that up, Romeo. Yeah, it was his fault. He told Brad to shut up. Dude, if I'm Ainge, like, like, at least from my perspective, like, as me, like, before when we would talk about trades, I would be, like, hesitant to give him up. Be like, oh, like, I don't know what he's going to give you. But, yeah, he's gone. I'm so upset that he did that. You've, You've played, you've been on this team for two years. You've barely played. You've sucked for the most part when you played. You had a decent game yesterday, and then you have the balls to tell the coach to shut up. See you later. Where'd you see this? I didn't. I don't. There's a video of it, dude. It's like in our thing. I sent it. I sent it to us. No, you didn't. Tim, no, you didn't. I did. I said he no, had one he good absolutely game. Did. Yeah. Okay. I'll, Tim I'll take a look. I'll take a look. You you go digging. Um, it's the one my, with KJ too. It's pre gamers. Like okay, in okay. my in my opinion, I just like I'm trying to understand like where he's coming from on this because there is just. Look, it's one thing to get into altercation with your coach and say, like, shut up. But he said, like, full body, chest voice, shut the fuck up. To a guy who's trying to give him rotation minutes to give him a chance to play. And they gave him a chance against the Knicks. And he's tweet coming was deleted. back. That's why I didn't see it. Oh, it, it was deleted? Yeah, the tweet was. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm here? assuming that's the one you sent because I don't see it otherwise. Probably. But continue, sorry. I just... Uh, if you're yelling at the coach, it means one of two things. It means that Brad Stevens either is losing the locker room, which I don't uh, think is true. or I don't think that's true. Because they uh, played well yesterday without any of their guys. Like that, that to me, and I'll, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. Like, that to me says Brad is not just yesterday's game. It is one game, but those guys played a kick-ass game, and that's what we saw for the Celtics for years before they really had superstar power. That's what you saw. Like, that's how they won games. And they did yesterday. They were playing really good basketball for the majority of the game. They got cold for a little bit. But, yeah, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. I think there's a mentality issue with some of these younger guys. I agree. It might be Waters. It might be Edwards. It I, apparently might be Romeo Langford. And I don't know what the issue is there. But he got leapfrogged by Neesmith. And Neesmith's all hustle, all energy seems to say and do the right things and has gotten nothing but praise from Brad Stevens. So I, I'm interested to see if at the practice today, if anyone's going to ask him about that late game situation with Langford. I, I want to know because I don't, I haven't seen the video still. I, I remember the altercation though because Romeo messed I'm up. I'm gonna try and dig it up. Hang on. So stupid, but yeah, please if you can find the video, send it my way. But um, if I'm going nine man rotation, um, I'm gonna go same starting lineup. I don't think Rob plays now that you guys have 
convinced me a little bit. I'll, I'll probably go Kemba, Marcus, Fournier, Tatum, Thompson. Um, Cornette off the bench, Pritchard, Neesmith. And I realistically, I think Brad will pull a Brad and play one of um, Parker, Grant Williams, Tremont Waters, or Romy Langford for like five minutes. And Loki like Parker stretch. should get minutes. I don't know against the Wizards who he can't defend against. Like, if you're not going to be able in there to clog the paint. Like, if you put him in at the four and put him in with Cornette and or Thompson, I agree. But they've been running him at some small ball five. Do the which Wizards I don't think play small ball, Jack? No, they no. have Daniel Gafford, Robin Lopez, and, uh, and, things and Alex Len. Um, Alex they've Len run, sucks. <laughs> but they run Robin small Lopez ball occasionally, probably with Rui Hachimura, but they run Daniel Gafford and Robin Lopez a lot. And Gafford's been very, very, very good for them since he's been there. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think they should run small ball five. I think Cornette and or Thompson have to be on the floor at most times. And if not, they're putting in Grant Williams against Daniel Gafford, who can, you know, body him a little bit in the paint because Gafford's not the biggest dude. Um, but yeah, I don't think I want any of those guys against Robin Lopez because as much as of a clown with his hair, he is. He's body. He'll 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 body anybody in the paint. He doesn't care. He's one of those players. So um, that's what I want to see the rotation look like. I like Pritchard lately. He's been shooting the ball well. Neesmith has cooled off a little bit, but he'll still hustle. And then obviously Luke Cornette is the backup center if Rob doesn't play. And even if Rob does play, I wouldn't mind seeing Luke for stretch minutes. Um, I think he plays solid defense. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see. Is that, would that be your rotation too, Sam? I don't think you ever gave your. Your nine I mean, just guys. the regulars, man. People that don't suck is my answer. So Kemba, <laughs> Marcus, Fournier, Tatum, uh, Thompson probably start. Pritchard, Neesmith, locks off the bench. Cornette, backup center, he's in. Uh, maybe you throw in Parker. I would say Langford, but I'm pissing him. I really don't like that he did that. He doesn't deserve to play, even though Which he might. Who? What? I said Who Langford. Okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, Langford because of yesterday what he said maybe maybe it's not true maybe that's why the tweets down maybe it was it was wrong I hope it's wrong Tim you're muted it's 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 available oh, I can still watch the video what am I then what is wrong maybe that I guy blocked, blocked you Jack, like why can't I see like did he block it, you Sam said man had one oh, good game oh right? I did so hang on I don't know what's happening but I yeah, just sent uh, you the tweet again see if you can watch it already Sounds good. Uh, I will check it out. But yeah, I don't. What, what How do that already screen share in here? Give me a give me a score prediction, quick. Yeah, the account owner limits who can view yeah, the tweets. Maybe I don't do score them. prediction. We don't we don't do that anymore, Jack. Remember when we used so, to do it, and they would get they would get absolutely bodied. Less so score predictions, more so do we think they'll they'll come you out? Think on they top. can win? Yeah, I think they can win. I'm I I'm not. Can, I, I think Washington is super hot, and I I'm not discounting that. But I also think. And here's something to really think about. Celtics, their main guys, it just got like a whole week of rest. Yeah. Kyle Walker has a whole week of rest. Marcus Smart has a whole week of rest. Uh, Robert Williams hasn't been playing. If he somehow does play, he'll be getting time. Tristan Thompson, rest. I mean, Tatum and Fournier got a little bit of rest, and they both played yeah. well against Minnesota. I mean, they're they're well rested, man. They They didn't have to fight these last couple of games like the Wizards did. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm like I said, I'm not discounting how well they're playing. And it, I've been thinking about it a whole lot, and it sucks. Is if we want to talk about Ainge like we did earlier, one thing they did miss is uh, they they missed out on a Westbrook deal because he he played well this True. season. True. And it, at the time, I would have said like it's stupid to do. I I wasn't out on Kemba, and I still kind of 
I'm not, but at the I same think they would have taken Westbrook's a better fit. Yeah, I think they would have taken Kemba and picks though for Westbrook. Kemba and they would have they would have said, "Please take Westbrook. We'll take anything." That's yeah. what they would have done. But yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Tim, do you have any final thoughts before we sort of wrap up here? I think, depending on the outcome of these playing games and what happens in just the playoffs in general, I think this is going to give you an idea of what's going to happen long-term with Celtics. Um, Obviously, Jalen Brown out is going to hurt, but you're going to see what's going to happen with the rest of this team. I think the rotations are going to be telling of where guys stand in the locker room. And I just want it to be painless. If we're going to lose, if you're going to see the Celtics (laughs) lose, just like let it be finite and just done. Mm -hmm. Undeniable. (laughs) Let's, let's hope for a somewhat happy end to the season, whatever that may bring, whatever whatever joy you get from. If they lose out and get a lottery pick, on, I, I hope that happens for you. But, but yeah, the they, dopamine hit on June 22nd when they get in the top five of the lottery <laughs> after missing the play-in is going to be something else, man. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> why Why would you not want me to say that? That's an, you tell me that's not good? I'd rather play off basketball, but you would rather yeah. get play off basketball than a get like say say was guaranteed, right? Like obviously if they miss it, they don't have a very good chance of getting in the, the yeah. top because of how it works. But if you were told that it was guaranteed top five, doesn't matter which one. Oh, you could I get think that's pick. different. You're, you're talking yeah, about guaranteed, guaranteed well, that's top what five. I just picks. said, and you guys said no. But it's I not said, guaranteed. It's not I guaranteed though. It's like top five. Then you guys said don't say that. <laughs> You're right. If they if they miss Thanks. the playoffs and get top five, it will have been worth. It. I don't give Sam. Sam, you're gonna give people false hope. Sam, Sam is the aura of false hope. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Tim. I uh, really appreciate you <laughs> you joining us today. Go check out uh, Tim's work, The Clover Disclosure at Tim Shields NBA. All this stuff is in his Twitter bio. You guys can follow us at Bannertown USA. Follow me at Jack Simone NBA. And per usual, Sam, go ahead. If you're just now finding us and you enjoy Tim. Watch the pregame shows. Tim's always on those with us. We have the same chemistry, same kind of deal. It's a lot of fun. Uh, big day tomorrow, depending on what you – I mean, it's just – I, I don't know if you can even go wrong tomorrow because I'm fine if they win. If they lose, it's not the end of the world. I know, Tim, that's what you want. You want them to lose, which <laughs> it's just weird. I can't, I can't get behind it. I don't disagree with why you want them to lose, but uh, I hate it. I hate it. I get it. that. The two top teams are playing for second, the second prize, and it's a problem. I'm done. I'm not going to complain about it anymore because we're going to wrap it up. But okay, so follow Tim at Tim Shields NBA. Uh, you can follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA. Thank you for listening to uh, from the Rafters. We we enjoy doing this very much. Uh, I got to shout out the boys on the cap today. Liverpool had a big win yesterday. Had me screaming in the office all by myself. Oh, Goalie rich. scores a goal <laughs> with the last touch of the game unbelievable stuff it same if you're interested at all same season they're having as Celtic. same same deal it's like identical but uh yeah thank you very much for listening follow me at sam lafrance nba follow at bannertown usa that's our show for today bye